Today's sponsor is Headspace. You slept every night of your life, so you should be pretty good at it by now, right? Unfortunately, many of us don't get the quality sleep that we need and could use a little bit of help, and that's where Headspace has got you covered. It's your daily dose of mindfulness in the form of guided meditations in an easy-to-use app. And while they have meditations devoted to helping you reduce stress and increase your overall sense of well-being, they have an entire library of sleep stories, sleep music, and other sleep sounds that can help you get the quality sleep you desperately need. And for busy lifestyles, they have what's called wind downs. It's meditations and breathing exercises that are as short as three minutes so they can fit into anybody's schedule. I personally use Headspace myself. I've tried out some of the sleep stuff. It actually works. Like to me, it actually makes a difference. So Headspace, it's backed by 25 published studies on its benefits, 600,000 five-star reviews. That's a lot. And over 60 million downloads. Try it today for free and start sleeping soundly. So right now, our listeners get 30% off Headspace's entire library of meditations. Just go to headspace.com slash sleep pod for 30% off your subscription, but only until May 12th. This is the best deal offered right now. Head to headspace.com slash sleep pod today. Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Pat with a quick special announcement here to start this episode. The Smart Passive Income Podcast is up for an award this year. We've been nominated for the podcast awards for top business podcast at podcastawards.com. And I need your help. Voting can happen daily between now and March 24th. So go ahead and go to podcastawards.com and look for Smart Passive Income under the business category. It would help out so much. We've been nominated twice in the past and we haven't won yet, but I think this is going to be the year. And uh, if you are a hardcore SPI fan and you want daily reminders, go to ivoteforpat.com and sign up there for daily reminders. They'll be sent to you through March 24th and I'll delete the list after that. So what do you say, guys? We're going to do this year? We just vote for daddy for president. No, not not for president. For, for a podcast award. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Ivoteforpat.com and here is the start of this episode. This is the Smart Passive Income Podcast with Pat Flynn, session number 153. Welcome to the Smart Passive Income Podcast, where it's all about working hard now so you can sit back and reap the benefits later. And now your host, he took singing lessons for two weeks in college, Pat Flynn. What is up, everybody? How are you doing today? I hope you're doing well. I'm really excited about this episode because if you remember episode 138, that was the one I did in a very NPR startup style. If you haven't heard that yet, go and listen to it. It's really cool. I use a lot of sound effects, not kind of like wacky slapstick comedy t- type sound effects, but background music and things like that. And I, I tell the story of my trip to Columbus, Ohio to meet my team. And in that podcast episode, again, session 138, I actually play recordings of different meetings that I had with my team, and I actually interview some of my team members in coffee shops and things like that. One of those team members was Mindy Hollihan, who's been doing a lot of work for me lately. She is the head of customer service for the Smart Podcast Player, but more than that, she helps editing the Ask Pat podcast. And Ask Pat has just completely exploded and taken off. It's been the best thing that I've done in a while in terms of results. And uh, Mindy was a huge part of that. And after that episode, actually, and after people heard her voice and how she sort of got into her role in Team Flynn and what she does for me and her help for Ask Pat, a lot of people wanted her to come on and for me to interview her. 
there was actually a lot of emails that came in asking, Pat, we need Mindy to come on to talk about exactly how you run Ask Pat and what you do and what the workflow is like and how you are able to together do a five-week or not a five-week, a five-episode-per-week podcast because that's what Ask Pat is. It's five episodes per week. I answer a voicemail question from an audience member. You can go ahead and check it out at askpat.com. And that's what today's episode is about. I actually have Mindy come on and we talk about exactly the workflow and also systematizing and how you can figure out what things you can do in your business in a much more productive, streamlined way. And that's what Mindy is really good at. And we talk about that. We talk about Ask Pat and exactly the workflow and how that gets put together and how uh, you might be able to take some of that information and apply it to what you're doing too. So without further ado, I'm happy to welcome back Mindy Hollihan for this. I mean, she's just amazing. You'll hear it. Here we go. Mindy, thank you for coming. <laughs> Hold on. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, you have to keep that in. I love it. <laughs> At least I'm not doing most of the talking here because I'm interviewing you. Wow. <laughs> that was beautiful. Oh, I think that's an appropriate way to start a podcast with um, your audio editor or one of your audio editors. <laughs> Oh, I heard a recent episode with Tim Ferriss, actually, where he started out the episode of him just just coughing a lung, and then it went right into his intro music. <laughs> so anyway, sorry, guys. Uh, sorry, headphone users, if that was indeed loud. But anybody, anyway, uh, Mindy, welcome to the SPI podcast. Thank you for joining us today for a formal interview between you and I. Well, thank you for having me. I'm really excited. And we heard your voice for a little bit in episode 138. For those of you who might not remember, that's the episode where I did a sort of uh, NPR startup style, storytelly type of style uh, episode where we actually had recordings of my visit in Columbus, Ohio, where I met with Mindy and Matt and a few other team members. And uh, Mindy shared who she was and what she did for the team. But why don't you kind of revisit that a little bit and, and sort of tell everybody what it is that you do uh, for me and Team Flint? Sure, Absolutely. I, I touch a lot of the products and the projects and just the things that flow through Team Flynn. And so the thing that I maybe have the most kind of front to back ownership of, I think would be Ask Pat and then the smart podcast player. So for Ask Pat, you create the episodes and edit them and then you just upload them to Dropbox and I take it from your audio, I take it from there to the finish line and um, get it edited and get it up into SoundCloud every day so that it it launches. So <laughs> on those days when Ask Pat posts a little late, that's because something in my day kept me from posting it right at right at 9 a.m. Pacific time, right? <laughs> um, the other thing that I touch a lot is the smart podcast player. And so there, the term there is the product owner. Um, and so I lead the development team through each development process where, where you and I will talk and we will set priorities for, this is what we want the next update to look like for the smart podcast player. I'll take your vision and take it to the development team and we will talk through all of the requirements. And then um, I make sure that they take your vision and they develop it the way you want it and that we get it out in a timely fashion. And then Ray really handles the support these days. Like he keeps the whole support flow flow rolling. And then when he has technical questions, he talks with me. And if I don't know the answer, he talks with the developer. And so we've got this nice little team of, gosh, at this point, what do we have? We have two developers. We have Ray for support and then Dustin for design. And 
it's it's really fantastic. It's it's really fun. Yeah, it's been going really, really well. And one thing I love about you, Mindy, and what you're I mean, it just seems like what your superpower is is understanding the processes of how to get things done and the workflows and how to make things systematized and flow really nicely. I mean, that's something I learned when working with you on Ask Pat, which was sort of the big first project that we've truly worked together on a lot where there was a lot of communication and trying to figure things out. And we'll get into later in the episode exactly how that workflow goes. I mean, we have you here for a few reasons today. One is just after people heard you on episode 138, I had so many emails come in from people asking like, we just want to hear more of Mindy and, and people wanted to hear more oh, of oh. other team members too. But I think you, especially because you uh, just, just how awesome you are and what you've done for Ask Pat and how you've made that work out so well. I mean, Ask Pat has been, I mean, in 2014, that was the best thing that launched in, <laughs> in the whole brand and, and, and it couldn't have happened without you. So I wanted to talk about the workflow and how we work together to make that really systematized because from my point of view, everybody, all I do is I record my answer to somebody else's question that comes in through SpeakPipe. And then I send that to Mindy and that's all I do. And it's just incredible how much that has helped the podcast. Uh, the other podcasts that I have grow, the brand grow, the authority, and just how much people uh, love it. And again, it's a, it's a leg of the brand that wouldn't have happened without Mindy. So for those of you who are looking to hire other people to help you, this is gonna be a great episode for you to understand sort of uh, kind of what your ideal person might uh, B, but also something you could send to somebody you're working with to have them help you out even more, or also at least just have something that you can use to reference in terms of how to really systematize and automate things. It's And it's really interesting to me. So the our team, I, I'm part of winning edits. And so um, I, work, I work with and for Matt Gartland, who you also heard on that episode. And one of the things that I think is really interesting is when you and Matt and I've been friends for a long time and it really leads back to podcasting. We got to be friends when he and I started a podcast together because I was in love with podcasting and always wanted to be on a podcast. And I introduced him to the podcasting world and he was like, this is great. We need one of these. And so he and I did a podcast together for a little over a year and got to be friends that way. And one of the things that I think we really learned through that process in terms of he and I complement each other very well. We have very different skill strengths, I would say. I mean, we have a lot that overlaps, but Matt is a super organized person who is amazing at looking at a big picture and breaking it down. And he's really great at making sure that everything happens on time and that he's, he's great at just all of these intricate moving parts. And I've tried to learn that, but where I'm really great is... My skill is looking at a process and breaking down a process and saying this happens and then this happens and then this happens. Um, I'm what he can do with people. I can do with systems. <laughs> yeah. And it's so good to have that skill. I mean, I think anybody in doing online business, especially with the tools we have available with the other people we can hire to have uh, available to us to help us systematize and automate. I mean, this is this is what part of what the whole passive income thing is all about. Sometimes a human touch is required. And does it have to be yours? No, but you have to have the right people in there to actually provide that human touch, if not a piece of software that can do and achieve the same things. So perhaps you can talk a little bit about just how one, like if somebody were to come up to you and be like, Mindy, how can I learn to systematize things like you do? Or is this a skill that not everybody can have? I don't know. Um, that's a really great question. And I always end up in this role in like every, you know, in the, when I had, 
what you would call like a traditional day job. Right. Um, and stuff, I always ended up being the like system person, the, the things, cause to me, I understand. <laughs> it sounds so funny. I understand like how, how programs work really well to me. It's like figuring out, um, it's looking for anytime you're doing something over and over and over, if it takes a lot of time, that to me says there's probably a better way. You yeah. know, if you're doing a lot of data entry and it seems like, man, there's got to be a better way to do this. There probably is. That is the moment when I go to Google and I search Google and the key to learning how to design good systems, I think, or in searching for the answers to designing a good system is to think in the way that the people who built your program thought, right? So if I want to do something better in Excel, the first question I ask me is what would Excel call this? Would What would the term be that Excel calls this? Like if I tried to look it up in the help menu. So it's trying to think like the program and then you can find a lot of solutions if you can think like the people who designed the program. I edit audio in Reaper. And this is maybe jumping ahead just a little bit. I know a lot of people use Audacity, which is a super fantastic tool. Um, and so the same thing applies to Audacity. Like if I want to learn a new trick for, say, like tightening up all of the silences in Audacity, I would ask myself, like, what does Audacity call that? And if I can't figure that out, that's the first question I ask is I would go to Google and type in like tighten up silence audacity and try to figure out what is the term for that. And then I can learn that new skill. So I guess that's kind of how I learn new skills. And one of your best tools for this, I think is lynda.com, which is one of our ASPAT sponsors. Sponsors. Yeah. I have learned nearly, I would probably say 80% of the things I know how to do. I learned from lynda.com. That's cool. I love lynda.com so much. I've had a membership at least five years at this point, (laughs) at least probably more, probably like seven or eight years. I think I was an early user and it's the best $25 I spend a month. That's awesome. Thank you for that. (laughs) So lynda.com folks slash (laughs) aspat. Well, they'll, they'll probably appreciate hearing that. I don't even know if Linda's is sponsor for this particular episode. They they might be, but I think they're only doing aspat, but we'll see. Um, So why don't we talk a little bit about ASPAT and sort of the, the hero story of that and how that all got started. I mean, I'll, I'll tell you a little, uh, for those of you listening, a little bit about it and then where Mindy came in and she could take over because yeah. it was definitely not easy to put together. But since doing it and getting over a lot of the hurdles that both Mindy and I faced together, um, it's just been incredible. So what it, what has ASPAT done for me? Well, ASPAT has um, accumulated almost 4 million downloads in the last year, which is incredible. It's a five-day week episode, which is just I never thought I would be able to do that because <laughs> one week for smart passive income was tough. But again, having Mindy on board was definitely helpful. It has helped generate uh, tens of thousands of extra dollars per month in sponsorships, uh, which is or thousands of dollars in extra uh, sponsorship income, uh, not tens of thousands for ASPAT. But, uh, the download numbers aren't quite as high as smart passive income. Um, but also it is as a byproduct led to smart podcast player. And what that has become, because that was a solution that we custom built to help wow. serve ASPAT. And now that's a product, which is really cool. So um, it's really cool because that's uh, for those of you who heard me on uh, the episode where Dane Maxwell came on and interviewed me, which I believe was 149. Uh, we talked about how that was sort of just accidentally a solution I came up with because it was an, an itch I had to scratch of my own. And then it was an itch that other people had to scratch, too. So that instead of my first foray into software back in 2010, when I purposefully spent money to try and build 
plugins that were just there to make money and they completely failed. So that that's uh, was sort of the result of having Aspat come on board. Um, obviously, more exposure for the brand, more authority and things like that. Just a lot of amazing things have happened. But when it first started, actually going back into the archives of Smart Passive Income, what I used to do, and I did this for maybe five or six episodes, is I used to put voicemail questions that I got from the audience at the end of those episodes. I think I saw on Michael Hyatt's site that he started to do that. And I was like, oh, that's so awesome, getting your audience involved and having them answer questions. I really think for those of you who have a podcast, or even if you don't, collect voicemail questions from your audience. It's one of the best things you can do to um, interact with them, but also show that you're listening to your audience. And when you show that on either in audio format or the text version of that, uh, it just shows that you're there listening to your audience and they're more likely to pay attention to you and what you have to say, those wh whatever your answers are. But also, um, you know, I, I put those at the end of those episodes because I saw Michael's doing that and people love them. But what ended up happening was the questions were different from what that episode was about. So people would get to that part of the episode at the end and then they would either either tune out or they would have preferred to have gotten to that part sooner because they enjoyed that question specifically. And so it just became too much and the episodes were long already and then I just stopped. It then, didn't, it kind of, it sounds like it didn't make sense from like an editorial sense, right? right? Like it just didn't fit into the flow. Right. I put too much into one episode and uh, it just didn't, wasn't meant to be on smart passive income, although people did enjoy it. But then I just was like, eh, it's not worth it. it. It's it's a lot of extra work collecting these voicemails. I use speakpipe.com to collect those and you should too. They're great. And mm -hmm. um, then I was like, okay, well, I'm okay, fine. And then I sat down with John Lee Dumas, who also lives here in San Diego. We had a Starbucks together and we we get together every once in a while. We're also in a mastermind group together that meets in person once a month. And he and I were talking about, uh, you know, just what we had going on. And I just asked him questions about his podcast because he was doing seven days a week for like a 45 minute length episode. I was like, John, how in the world are you able to do this? And he's like, two reasons. One, batch processing. So doing his, he records amen. all, right? I mean, amen yeah. to batch processing. That's something that I've just learned has been so helpful. You know, just kind of hacking your time and doing things in bunches. Uh, he does all of his interviews for his seven-day week show on Monday. Like his whole Monday is scheduled out for all the interviews that happen sort of weeks from that point. Uh, and secondly, he had a team member helping him edit those and put those together. And that one-two combo there was the big green light for me to be like, okay, well, maybe I can try this out, but what am I going to do? Should I outsource? SPI or, you know, and then I had the idea, well, maybe I could do a five day week episode of these voicemail questions that come in and, and turn that into something. And then we started brainstorming the the name. And then uh, I, it was either John or I or somebody was like, dude, ask Pat. And I was like, yeah, that's it. And then I was like, OK, awesome. Let's do this. And I started playing it out. I was like, oh, man, how I this I'm not going to be able to do this myself. And I need that second piece of the puzzle. I need somebody to help me. And uh, I think we were already working together at that time, Mindy. Yeah. And uh like what, what were your thoughts at that point when I kind of presented this to you and knew, and you knew that you were going to be helping me with this? Right. I'm trying to remember sort of where we were at that point in time. So let's see, that would have been about February of last year yeah, when that's we when it launched. Yeah. Yeah. So, and at first too, and just the whole thought of it, it sounded a little bit crazy. It was overwhelmingly Yeah. It sounded, crazy. it, it sounded like kind of a really crazy idea, especially the idea of when we first started, you were delivering the episode to me the night. So like at night, you were doing one at a time. We weren't doing the batch processing at first. When we first started, like I would sit down at like 
nine or 10 o'clock at night central time and watches like the episode popped up and you'd send me a note and then I would edit it and then put it up that night. And so it was very like, it was cumbersome at that point in time. We, we had some parts of the workflow worked out. So the first part that we really got into place, and I think we got a good system behind was SpeakPipe, which was you got all these questions, but you had so many questions to go through that I started going through them in batches. And I would listen to like 30 or 40 questions in a row and copy into a spreadsheet, basically summarize the question. And then I would highlight the ones that I personally thought, hey, this is a good one. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was kind of the first part of the workflow that we got down. Now, Jessica, who also does your email, she goes in maybe what, like once every two weeks or so. Yeah, once and, every two weeks. And she just goes through hundreds of questions. And she does a, a really quick summary of here is the question. Like she basically just types what the question is that the people are asking. And then that's that that part of the workflow works really great. So then every couple of weeks, you've got another several hundred questions to read through. You read through them and pick out, these are the ones I want to answer. And then tell, tell me, cause this is the part of the process. I am not entirely clear on when you sit down now, you sit down on Sunday night and you record a week's worth at a time. Yeah. Tell me what it is you look for when you are looking through those questions. Ah, great question. This is going to help people get on Ask Pat actually. That's and, right. Yeah. Uh, get awarded a t-shirt for having their question featured, which is uh, another part of the process we'll talk about in a little bit. Um, I look for a number of things. A, is it a different sort of unique question? Um, That's one thing. But I also see if it's a question that has been asked uh, several times before that I have yet to answer. Um, And typically what I'll do, I'll do my best to if the same question keeps popping up, which is an obvious validation that that's a question that's important to answer. I'll go back and type in certain keywords or you try to figure out who is the first one to ask a similar type of question. So because we're awarding these uh, T-shirts out to people, I want to make sure it's it's as fair as possible. And those are sort of the first two things. Also, I listen to those questions and see if the audio quality is is decent. Um, They don't have to be great. They don't have to be from a professional mic as long as it's. I mean, you've probably listened to episodes of Ask Pat before. Uh, obviously, you have, Mindy. Some yeah. some of the quality isn't isn't all that good, but as long as you can still hear the person, I mean, that's important. And well, I th- that was that was some of the coolest feedback we got when we were in Ohio because we held like a little meetup when we were in in Columbus, just mm-hmm. doing a big planning session, and we heard uh, somebody. I very clearly remember somebody saying. One of the things I really love about AskPad is the people who ask the questions, like their microphones aren't perfect. I feel like I, therefore, can ask a question too, even though maybe I might stumble through my question or my microphone is pretty lousy. It's okay to ask a question. And that is something that I've really learned to love about listening to those questions is, is sometimes you can hear a coffee shop in the basket background, right? And that's really cool. I picture the person doing that, or you can hear their family talking in the background. And that really makes the question to me feel more important because, you know, this person is maybe asking a question about how to handle some backend thing for their website and the family in the background, like they're taking time away from their family to ask this question. It's important. So it's important to get a good answer. Right, right. Or they're in the car. You hear the wind a little bit. Um, I mean, we've had a few questions come in where it's just you can't hear the person. There's somewhere. Yeah, there have been a few where we can't get anything out of it, but most of the time we can. Yeah. And, and, and if I didn't get so many questions, what I would do is I would reply to those people 
uh, and say, hey, can you try one more time or maybe try a different mechanism for doing that? But there's just so many questions that come in now. I mean, we're at a point where we're getting maybe a dozen questions a day. A lot, uh, yeah. Which is amazing. I mean, that, when you think about it, that's like the show is never going to run out of questions. And it's it's completely user-driven. So if you have a fairly large audience, this is something you can achieve. You don't necessarily have to collect voicemails. That That is definitely a part of the process that makes it a little bit tougher because where there's a sequence of events where somebody has to listen to them, obviously. And then, um, you know, having an assistant do that for me helps me so that I don't have to listen to them myself and may come across questions that have already been answered or aren't uh, suited for the show and things like that. Um, other things I look at in terms of the questions – you know, is it is it something that is, um, you know, related to I mean, because because I try to mix it up a little bit, too. I have questions about all different types of things. And if I notice that, for example, the last couple of weeks, I touched a lot on email, like I'll try to kind of try something else. Um, I also mix up between male and female and uh, international and local and that, those sorts of things. So I, I keep a lot in, in my mind in terms of what's what's going and I make sure it's, again, a question as much as possible that I haven't answered uh, yet. So that, that's that's kind of what I go there. And from an editorial direction, I've noticed, too, that you try to match the question to the sponsor, if at all possible. Yes, yes. So that and and this, I think, is a really important thing to keep in mind. If you are building out a podcast and you have sponsorships and you're taking questions, it's really great if there is a way. So it's not that you're tying it in because you're like, ooh, we got to make sure that like lynda.com you know, feels like they're getting their money's worth. So I mentioned you should do this and that's the answer. That's not the point, but it's the point of that. There's some like, there's some editorial sense to, to, if you're asking a question about hiring and a zip recruiter is sponsoring a show this week, well then put the question about hiring with the zip recruiters episode because it makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And so let's keep going with the workflow. So yeah. I, I answer the question, but, uh, you know, we also know, or actually, when I, I, I listen to the questions that, um, you know, seem interesting to me, I listen to them. And then I what I do is I record the answer. But before I record the answer, I drop that question. I copy and paste it from our speak pipe tab, which is what uh, you started. And now Jessica does. I copy that into our Ask Pat 2015 editorial calendar. And I'll share a screenshot for those of you who are listening to this. If you eventually end up on a computer somewhere, if you go to the show notes at smartpassiveincome.com slash session 153, I'll show you a screenshot of what that looks like and the inner workings of that document, which of course Mindy put together very <laughs> nicely and, and it works very, very well. And it does all this magic in terms of Excel and drop downs and pulling from other tabs. I don't even know how you do that. But, um, you know, essentially I could, I could put that question there and then I can highlight it right that there's another column that allows me to select okay has it been recorded yet has it been uploaded has it been shipped or published and it's just I, we don't have to get into the mechanics sure. of, of excel or google sheets but um i just love how you do that yeah it's called data validation so if anybody wants to look up how that works just you can build little drop down boxes using data validation and so you listen to the question do you sketch out notes beforehand before, or do you just stream of consciousness Great record? Because you always seem to have a lot of tools ready and links ready to share. Well, as I'm listening or immediately after I finish listening, I use my little boogie board here, which is a little device, um, a boogie board sync, uh, which is like a, you know, it's like a notepad that you can erase and then it uh, kind of, it, it, it almost looks like the front of a Kindle. I don't even know okay. how to describe sure. it. But I have a little stylus and it writes on it and then I can 
erase it. That way I'm not wasting paper. But what I do is I write just anything that comes to mind. Sometimes I'll do, or oftentimes I'll do research just to make sure I hit some certain points. Or if I have websites I'm going to be referencing, I write those down on this little pad. Uh, and I'll put a link to the pad in the show notes as well so you can see what I'm talking about. And this thing's actually pretty cool. You could sync it to your phone uh, and, and you could draw on it and you can see what's being drawn on your phone. Uh, the only practical use I found for that is to have Kaoni draw on it and <laughs> and pretend like I know what he's drawing, even though I see it on my phone and pretend like we're doing magic or something or that I can read his mind. Oh. Uh, uh, but but you can also use it to uh, project things on on to a, onto a bigger screen like a television or your iMac. And then you can use this little pad to draw on people watching if you're like doing a presentation or something can oh, watch cool. it. too. But anyway, uh, so, so what I do is I grab the file from SpeakPipe. I listen to it. I write down any sort of notes and things I want to cover, bullet points only. Um, I I used to not be as confident when I first started Ask Pat, and I would write down a whole page of notes and just kind of everything in super detail on what I wanted to say. Uh, but now, uh, now I just kind of you know believe in myself, and I just put quick bullet points, knowing that I'll I'll be able to fill in the gaps there. Um, and then from there, I. You know, after I drop into the to the Ask Pat spreadsheet, uh, I look to see who the sponsors are for that episode because I've booked the sponsors ahead of time and I can see who those sponsors are. And then when I'm recording, I know what this episode number is, which is in that spreadsheet as well. So I know to say, hey, what's up? Welcome to Ask Pat episode, whatever, whatever. Thank you for joining me today. I have a little spiel that I say that I didn't really plan for. It just kind of happened over time. And uh, then I say, uh, before we get to today's question from name, I see the name there and because uh, I sort of copy that from that question as well. Then I say I want to thank today's sponsor, which is and it's there on the screen. And then now let's get to today's question. And then I and then what I do is I go. I make yes, a little, you do. I make a little clicking noise so that when Mindy goes in there and edits, uh, you see that on the on the waveform. I right? do. I know exactly where to cut. It's great. First of all, I'm impressed that you can make that sound because I've tried and I cannot. Um, <laughs> only child. I'm only child. So, but um, yeah. So, so let's talk about that a little bit. So, you upload the file into Dropbox when you're done. When you're done recording, you upload the file into a shared Dropbox that we both use, and then I have a program called Hazel. I actually just started using this recently. Hazel, I've never have, even heard of that. Yeah, I, um, I learned about it from Mike Barty, the productivityist. His podcast is Mike Mike's on Mike. His newsletter is insanely useful. I absolutely love it. Um, productivityist. Mm. And so I use this program called Hazel. And when you post it in a Dropbox, if I have my computer on, it automatically takes it out of the place you put it in Dropbox and it puts it into the folder that I want it to be in. Um, so I've just set, set it up to look for any file starting with ask Pat dash. It just pulls that into mm -hmm. this, folder. which I know to name it when I export it. Exactly. You always name it the same way. So part of this is being super regular. You always name things in exactly the same way. And that makes it really easy for me to set up systems that automatically grab things. We do a lot of stuff in exactly the same way. And that makes it really easy to set up rules and to make things repeatable. Right. Right. It so, wasn't like that at first, though. Like no. we were all over the place at first. And we actually mm -hmm. I mean, we never got into like fights or anything like that. No, but, but it's like, dude, could you do it this? You know, like we start to figure out like I'd say it would be easier for me if you would do it this way. And you would say to me, it would be easier for me if you would do it this way. And or it's we, easier for me if I do it this way. Exactly. Or I'll ask you for something. and be like, eh, it doesn't really make sense. Right. Like initially I would edit the show every night and I would post it 
at night. But like, if you were running behind, um, then I would sometimes be like editing the show super late at night and finally just, Oh, but you know, we had to learn this, right? (laughs) Also, my mother has terrible internet and I go home once a week to my mom's house Wednesday nights. And so I would be up like until two in the morning trying to get the stinking file to upload, right? Just because her internet's so slow. So we realized, exactly. Well, so we realized, (laughs) I know you're not kidding. Um, (laughs) We realized, you know what? Batching makes more sense. If you give me everything on Sunday night, then I can edit all of them at once. And it turns out that it's faster for me um, if I edit everything if I edit five episodes at once, I can be preparing the file while I'm listening to Monday's episode. I can be doing some work on Tuesday's file. Right. Mm -hmm. And so, like you said, you make those little clicking noises and I can tell without even listening to it, that's where I need to go and cut out the audio and slide in the question. And I can cue all of that up without even actually listening to it. And so we've built in these different things. So you upload the question. I download your, or you upload your response. I download your audio. I also, once a week, the first thing I do is I open up a text document. And this is a text document I have that just syncs to my Dropbox so that I could access it from my phone if I needed to. Mm. And the first thing I do is go in and copy down episode 0249. And then I write next to it, I write down the speak pipe question number. So 1253-0250 and then question number 1187 or whatever it is. I go in, I make that list. I go into speak pipe and I download the five questions for the week and then go to a program called Auphonic. This is an optional step, but I know that you're a big fan of Auphonic. Mm-hmm. Um, I go in and I upload all five questions and I have Auphonic process them. Basically what it does is it, it brings them all to a specific level, to a specific soundness level, and it can strip out some background noise if necessary. Um, I still do a lot of that in Reaper, but it's a quick step that does some of the work for me. So I don't have to, mm-hmm. and then I open up my sound editor. I use Reaper. Um, It's a little more advanced than Audacity, which is free, but it's not as insanely complicated as Adobe Audition. I just don't speak Adobe somehow. Like I just have not learned how to speak Adobe. And so I tried to use Audition, but it was just a little too complicated. Whereas um, com has a really great video on how to use Reaper. And I watched that first and said, I think this is the right program for me. For spoken word editing, you don't need as much. You don't need quite everything that Adobe Edition has to offer. Reaper was 60 bucks and I can do a lot of audio processing and it just is a program that makes sense to me. So I'm a big fan of Reaper and I'm a big fan of Garrick Chow's kind of how to use Reaper um, lesson in lynda.com. Mm-hmm. Um, so open up the file. I drop in the audio, I see immediately, okay, here's where Pat's gap is between his introduction and then answering the question, cut that out, stick in your audio, listen to the caller's audio. And very frequently I'll do a little cleaning up of the background sound. There's a great plugin in Reaper called Reefer. That sounds terrible. (laughs) R-E-A-F-I-R. And it makes it very easy to cut out just a little bit of background noise, or I'll use the re-EQ, which is R-E-A- EQ and it's just to do some, you know, raising the pitches, raising and lowering 
you know, some of the sound across the waveform. And so then I cut it out. And while I listen to to you give your answer, I'm taking notes in my little text document. I'm building in, I'm writing the show notes at that stage. And that is, again, something that's a bit systematized. I use text expander, which lets you type a short string. Like I will type A-P-L-Y-N-D-A and it will expand to two sentences about today's sponsor is lynda.com. Go to lynda, you know, that's that super thing. cool. I didn't even know you did that. Yeah, it works really great. And I have, um, I type in AP question and it says, um, do you have a question about, and then I type in email marketing question mark. Then I type AP record and it will say, go to askpat.com to record your question or whatever. I use a lot of text expanders and that helps a lot. And much in the same way that you are, you are, have a system in which you record where you always say, but before we get to that, I want to thank today's sponsor from, you know, Mm. you say the same thing in the show notes. I type the same thing every day, which is like today's question comes from Sarah, comma, who? And then I stop and I listen to the question and I try to encapsulate whatever Sarah asks as the question. Then I type that. And that question essentially becomes the episode title. And so you don't give me an episode title. I just take it from the question and sort of think if I was somebody searching for an answer to this question, what would I ask? And I try to make that the episode title. Yeah. So key lessons here, batch processing. Yep. Extremely helpful, probably more than anything, uh, really, in terms of productivity, getting things done ahead of time. Uh, noticing the things that you continually do over and over and over again, even if it's little snippets of text talking about, so you systematize and automate those things, either using tools or different pieces of software uh, that can shave a lot of time. And, you know, these, especially when you're doing, I mean, this is five episodes a week. So yep. um, I'm imagining how much time you've saved by shaving five seconds in, oh, in every episode. So you know? much time. Uh, so these little pieces, these little things are, I mean, completely add up. So many for everybody out there who is either looking to somebody that for, to help them do this. And it's, it's not even just about podcasting. It's about writing blog posts. It's about doing videos. You can use this sort of idea of batch processing and, and repetitive things and tools and software to help you do these things you do over and over again anyway. You can use this advice uh, to help you shave time um, and save time. Um, but what what did... Uh, gosh, what, yeah, I, I, I know where you're you know going where with going, this. Right? Yeah, so one of the things that I would ask somebody, if you're starting to talk to somebody about, you know, if, if, if you're bringing somebody on ask them the, ask them about the tools they use and ask them, you know, do you use any tools to save time? You're just looking for somebody who's thought about their workflow and found a way to make it more uniform. I think that that's really helpful because I mean, one part of this, if it's faster for me, it's cheaper for you. It's just a very like honest way to approach this. So you want me to be efficient with my time because when I'm efficient with my time, you know, there's a direct benefit to you in that. And so you want somebody who, who thinks about that and appreciates efficiencies. So I would, I would just ask them, tell me about some of the tools you use. And also I would maybe ask, like, I would ask your person, whoever you're interviewing to give an example of like a problem they've encountered with a with a process and what they've done to figure that out. So an example for me, a, a, a problem we have encountered with our process is that SoundCloud doesn't let you schedule podcasts at this point in time. So I have to post this po- podcast. Well, they do, but... They, 
They do. <laughs> they haven't figured it out. And when they do, this is the only thing SoundCloud is missing, in my opinion. Um, it's the only feature they're missing. You can currently schedule things to go live at a certain date. The only problem is it retains the date that you uploaded it. So if I were to go in on Monday and upload all five of our podcasts all at once, I can schedule it to, to go public on Tuesday, go public on Wednesday, go public on. Unfortunately, they would all still look like they were published on Monday, yeah. which it's okay, but you know, we would like it to look like it's published on Monday, published on Tuesday. So right now for us, I go in every morning and I upload the podcast. That's not a big deal. But what I've done to make that a lot simpler is I have my little text file where I can just quickly copy and paste my show notes. Cause when I first started, I'll be honest, I would it didn't occur to me like I could take notes while I'm editing. So I would edit your show and assemble it. But then when I would go and upload it, I would listen to it to quickly write the show notes. And maybe like a month in, I went, why don't I just take notes while I'm editing it? That way I only have to listen to it once instead of editing it, listening to it twice. Mm -hmm. It seems silly, but it just didn't occur to me, but I was like, there's gotta be a way to make this faster. Cause it's better for me if it's faster too. Cause I can move on to my other tasks. Right. Mm. So it's just finding little ways to make your workflow a little bit faster. Cause I very firmly believe that we fill our time with the work that we have in front of us. I can do more work if I have more work, <laughs> if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Like if I have three hours of work, and I have six hours to do it in. I don't mean this from a like billable thing, but I just mean like, I know me, then I'll take a break and I'll go drink some water and I'll go pet my cats and then I'll come back. But if I have seven hours of work and I have six hours to do it, I will get my seven hours of work done in six hours. You know, right, right. like I believe in making my time more efficient because then I can take on more work and I can fill that with more interesting things. So I like to make myself efficient so that I can take on more projects. Right. And even if you're not going to be hiring somebody, this is stuff that you should obviously be doing for yourself too. And this is something I, I've been doing on, on my end uh, for, for things that only I can do too, like recording these podcast episodes or, or down to, you know, how to, uh, you know, structure my files and, th and things like that. I mean, I think the best thing anybody could do is something that they know that they do over and over again in terms of sort of macro level. Like I write blog posts every week, like do that. Okay. Then write down every step that you do to make mm -hmm. that happen. And then in there, you'll be able to see where there might be things you can take out or things that are repetitive that you don't need to do or things that you can consolidate or people who can do those things or tools that can do those things. I mean, that's one of the best things you could do because you might not even know I mean, we've talked with Chris Docker, obviously, and he has his book, Virtual Freedom, and uh, he has this amazing life-changing exercise called The Three Lists of Freedom, where you write down the things that you're not good at, things that you can't do, or the things that you hate doing, but yep. also things that you shouldn't be doing. But oftentimes, we don't even know what we could hand off or let other people do or use tools for. Absolutely. And I would super, and I've, I've, I'm a big fan of Chris's. I've read all of that, and I absolutely 100% agree with that. One of the things that I think is super useful, and this this is true for yourself, and this is especially true if you're going to hand work off to other people, is checklists. Checklists are absolutely invaluable. And I think checklists get a really bad rap because people think like, oh, my work is more complicated than that. The checklist is a beautiful tool because it frees up your mind to think about other things. The checklist is there to make sure that you don't forget 
the simple things you already know how to do. Um, and so like for the SPI podcast hosts, I am part of that workflow now where we, we edit your podcast and um, another member of the team builds the, the podcast post. I come in at the end and I have a checklist and all I do is I go down the checklist and it's just quality control. I'm making sure that we didn't miss anything. And I, after building the checklist for you, I've built a checklist for the Ask Pat workflow. Even though I do it every day, I want to make sure that I don't miss a simple thing like um, with SoundCloud, when I upload it into SoundCloud, the very first tag has to be business because that's how SoundCloud knows it's the podcast category. Mm -hmm. I know that, but if I ever say, decide I'm going to take a two week vacation and I need somebody else to upload it for the week, or I'm going to be like, Pat, I need you to post this episode because I'm going to be on an airplane. I can just quickly hand you that checklist and you will have no confusion about what to do. Yeah. Totally. What was that tool that you, you shared with, oh, a tool yes. with me about? Tick, tick. It's T-I-C-K-T-I-C-K dot com. It's a super lightweight web app. I looked all over to try to find a good tool for this, and they are really my favorite. It's very simplistic, um, but it's for building checklists. And then you can you can on the, the app version of it, you can even set it to um, give you a notification with that checklist every day. So when I first started using it every morning at 9am, my phone would alert me with that checklist telling me it's time to post ask Pat, here's your checklist. Um, you don't have to use the notification feature, but that's where I build all my checklists. You could use this as a to-do list or in terms of like a daily to-do list thing, if you wanted to do that or a task to-do list, right? Yeah. Yeah. And so I personally love it for the, I don't really use it for a daily to-do list. I use it as the task to-do list. So I use it for all of the things I do over and over and over because I can just go through, I see my list, I check them off. And then the next time I need to go to that thing, I just uncheck all of the boxes and then I just recheck all of the boxes. That's cool. I think people are going to enjoy that. So that's tick, tick. Tick.com, T-I-C-K-T-I-C-K, yeah. like the bug. <laughs> and so after we get it processed, we get it up into SoundCloud, the very last, and my little, my little um, text document, I just use that because then I just copy and paste the show notes into um, SoundCloud and hit post a whole episode. If I was to do a single episode from start to finish, it comes in at about 27 minutes. It depends on how long the episode is, but it's just under about 30 minutes start to finish. I take your episode, get it processed, get it tagged and get it up into SoundCloud and then post to you in Slack. Bam, the episode is done. Yeah, so 27 minutes. Okay, that's uh, so half hour work. That's great to, yeah. to know. I will say that in my two, uh, 2014 annual report, I calculated how much time that I put into ASPAT. Um, Ooh. Yeah. And so I'm able to spend now that I'm in sort of in the groove now, but I've, I'm, I'm able to spend about an average of one hour each Sunday evening to publish an entire week's worth of episodes. So you consider each episode maybe 10 to 15 minutes long, plus a little bit of transition time. I can get four episodes in an hour, which is awesome. So that's four hours per month for 30 days of content um, minus the weekends. So to put this in true perspective, and I mentioned this in, in the annual report, for all of 2014, starting in February, um, I put in a total, personally, of, of, of about 44 hours of work to record all of the episodes for Ask Pat. So that's just one full work week 
to record all the episodes for AskPat, thanks to Mindy and her help. And that has equated to over $45,000 in, in sponsorships, um, which is pretty amazing. That's, that's, <laughs> that's pretty mind boggling. But I, I think the key to it, I think is, is it's, it's a truly useful thing. I frequently will listen to the episodes as I'm editing and I will send a little note, like I'll send a note to Matt telling him you've got to listen to Wednesday's episode. Right. Mm-hmm. Or, or I, I know I very much have learned things and picked up new tools as a result of listening to the episode. And I think that the content is really up, really, really useful. And What's so great is, okay, so maybe for the average listener, maybe like Monday and Wednesday and Friday are useful, but maybe Tuesday and Thursday just weren't something that was useful to you. That's, that's totally fine. It's totally fine because (laughs) you know that in the long run, most of the questions are going to be useful to you. Right. I think that, and you and I were talking right before this, this, um, chat just about podcasts in general and one of the things that I think is very important, because I listen to a lot of podcasts for you. I listen to podcasts that I edit for other clients. And I just want you to really like think about the function of your podcast other than just like trying to build. So some people, they're going to hear this episode and they're going to hear you say like, I got this much revenue from this much work. And so they're going to try to think of like, I'm going to start a podcast so that I can get that podcast revenue. And that's absolutely the wrong way to look at it. The right way to look at it is what's the thing that I'm creating so that it's useful. Maybe, and maybe it's not like that it's going to be useful to my listener and Therefore, I'll be able to advertise, but maybe you have a small business and you're looking for a way to drive, you know, build up your clientele. So make a podcast that's for your ideal client and it'll give you a reason to go out and interview a whole bunch of your ideal clients. And through those chats, maybe you will interview five people for your podcast and one of those people will turn into a client that was worth the other four interviews right there. Right. Yeah, totally. Totally. I think that's a very good use of a podcast as well. No, I absolutely agree. So thank you for mentioning that. I don't want people to think that, you know, if you record a five day a week episode uh, <laughs> or show that that's immediately going to happen, but it can. And the cool thing is, is podcasting is getting more popular. More and more people are listening to it now. And so I, I really do think pot, we're still at the beginning of, of podcasts right now. And uh, there's a lot of opportunity out there. So um, obviously, if you want to get started with one, I've helped a ton of people, thousands of people. If you go to podcastingtutorial.com, that's my free tutorial on how you can get started with your own podcast. And uh, you can check that out. And, um, you know, that'll give you an opportunity to to do it yourself. And then maybe down the road, you can, uh, you know, find somebody else to help you. Like Mindy's helped me and use that information I share with you there. So again, that's podcastingtutorial.com. And Mindy, thanks again for coming on today and uh, sharing a little bit of your time and, and, and sort of uh, opening up. Uh, the kimono a little bit in terms of how Ask Pat <laughs> is put together. And, uh, you know, I think it's gonna be really inspiring. And, and you know, at least, there, I mean, there's like a lot of gold nuggets in this episode, I feel, uh, from a lot of the tools you mentioned to just some of the processes that we should all be using. I mean, because we can't get that time back once we use it up. That's for sure. Isn't that the truth? Well, we'll make sure that all the, the tools are listed in the show notes. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Thanks, Mindy. I appreciate it. And uh, I'm sure we'll hear more from you in the future here on SPI. Wonderful.
All right. I hope you enjoyed that interview with Mindy, my wonderful, wonderful assistant and producer. Just, she's so wonderful in so many ways, and obviously you heard it just now. Thank you so much for listening in. And also, if you want to go and check out the show notes and the links to all the little golden nuggets and resources Mindy mentioned, head on over to smartpassiveincome.com slash session 153. Thank you again for listening in today. And I also want to thank today's sponsors. We have first audiobooks.com. You know, I don't, I mean, I read a lot of books, but I mostly listen to them. And I listen to them on audiobooks.com. And it's really cool. Uh, they are the first sponsor for the Smart Passive Income podcast. I love them to death. And they've done a lot of cool things to help out you, the listeners. And so if you actually go to audiobooks.com slash SPI, you can actually get a couple things for free, actually. You can get the audio version of my book, Let Go, for free. They just threw that in there and I was happy to work with them on that. But also you will get one free download for your first audiobook. So the first audiobook that you get through them is on them and uh, you can enjoy a new book every month thereafter. So go ahead and go to audiobooks.com slash SPI. You could download or stream your favorite book and uh, so you can, similar to a podcast, learn and apply and make progress in your business. Again, that's audiobooks.com slash SPI. Uh, and if you sign up, you get a 30-day free trial. Can't, can't lose. Hey, really quick, I want to let you know about a page on the website that might be really helpful for you. A lot of you are already taking action on what you've heard on the podcast, which is fantastic. But a lot of you have also messaged me asking for more, deeper information, more fine-tuned and highly targeted information for specific problems and pains that you might be having. So what I did was I actually put together a few courses. There's more courses actually coming down the road, uh, but you could check out all the courses and things that are available to you there at smartpassiveincome.com slash courses. My team and I have worked really hard to put together the best information that'll help you solve specific problems that you might be having in your business. So if you're just starting out and you need help and you need accountability, handholding, you want a community behind this as well, check it out, smartpassiveincome.com slash courses. You can see what's available there. All different kinds of courses to help you through a number of different things you might be working on. And like I said, there are more courses coming down the road too. So one more time, smartpassiveincome.com slash courses. Awesome. Thank you again for checking out this episode. Again, you can get the show notes and links and resources at smartpassiveincome.com slash session 153. And look out for next week's episode next Wednesday, where we're going to be talking with another person who has helped me out recently, Caleb Wojcik, who was also a previous guest on the show. But this time we're going to be talking about the production of SPI TV, my recent foray back into videos. And, and that's my web TV show, SPI TV. You can check it out at Watch spi.tv but we're going to talk about all about the production of that gear and things and production tips you can use to to start your own video show but also the results of putting this show not just on youtube but on itunes as a video podcast the numbers are actually pretty incredible and there is so many open opportunities there in the video podcasting market so look out for that in episode 154 next week thanks so much take care and i'll see you in the next episode of spi peace Thanks for listening to the Smart Passive Income Podcast at www.smartpassiveincome.com. So podcasting is obviously a big deal here at SPI. And today, I'm so excited to tell you about our newest podcast. Yes, a brand new podcast called Flops. Flops is all about exploring, celebrating, and normalizing failure in the entrepreneurial journey. Every entrepreneur experiences failure at some point, so I love that we're just facing it head on here. 
And the show is hosted by two members of the team, Karen and Ray. And in it, they talk to entrepreneurs who have had stumbles, setbacks, and flat-out failures. These guests are honest and generous with their stories, and I think they offer hope and encouragement for all other entrepreneurs out there because we all experience it, right? We all experience failure. For example, in the first episode, Ray talks to John, who got caught up in a Ponzi scheme. It's a story with twists and turns that will keep you hooked. It's a great story. I highly recommend you check it out. But one thing I love about Flops is that it doesn't dwell on the failure, and it always finds a bright side. I really love it, and I think you will too. So the first season of Flops has already started with new episodes dropping on Wednesdays. You can find it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you listen to podcasts. You can also listen at smartpassiveincome.com slash flops. Again, that's smartpassiveincome.com slash flops. I hope you enjoy it. 